0: Andreas, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, of course, bro. Real quick, real quick. How long have you been into quantum biology Like, how long have you been studying this? To be
1: honest, I think I've been into it roughly around four to five years now because I've been on my fitness journey a long time and coaching people quite a while, but only because of some health struggles of my personal health struggles and health struggles of my of my partner Tina then we had to you know dive deep down this rabbit hole so approximately 4 to 5 years yeah
0: okay let's let's flesh that out a good amount so you have a health journey pre quantum biology or your partner your own health struggles yeah feel free to talk about like you know how when we look back in our lives in hindsight And we see how the dominoes kind of laid out perfectly, you know, how each key moment just led to each other, how this thing led you to discover this rabbit hole and how the limitations of that one led you to the next one, you know? Yeah. Talk to me about those key moments and tell me like how your journey has unfolded from exercise to this quantum biology. And yeah, really like set the context for us of where you came from.
1: Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about how it started, how I got into the circadian quantum biology space. The beginning, when I started getting into it, I wasn't aware that I was actually diving into that particular space. All I, all I saw was or read was that you know blue light is harmful for us, and my partner and myself, we were having symptoms of blue light toxicity and non-native EMF non-native electromagnetic field toxicity and we were unaware of this and as soon as I started diving into you know the different symptoms of those things which is like you know dry eyes headache you know not, not recovering from workouts not feeling good lacking energy waking up feeling lethargic even though we're both sleeping eight hours every night Both of us eating, you know, high quality food, both of us exercising. But what is the missing piece here? There's got to be something missing. Even if both of us are health experts in this field, we kind of felt that, you know, there's there must be something else that we are missing in this space. Of course, we both lived in moldy apartments in the past. So that was a huge issue as well, that we had developed mold toxicity as well. So we had accumulated mold in our system. So that was another thing that we had to address over time you know by taking binders and and things that will release the mold into a system and get it out but once we kind of addressed that and we started to feel better in our lungs and in our overall you know detoxification system we still didn't feel optimal so we we figured out that light plays a huge role so the first thing that we did was to you know to address this was to start with the lowest hanging fruit so we we both bought a pair of nighttime blue light blockers the red ones And that made a huge difference to our quality of sleep and also how, you know, how when we woke up, we felt so much more refreshed. But that only took us so far, you know, to a certain point because we didn't realize that actually the being overexposed to blue light during the daytime as well, not only in the night, is a huge issue because... The, there is a reason why the sun goes from red orange to peak white in the middle of the day and kind of reverses this pattern towards sunset hours. So what we are doing with modern lighting right now, we are just mimicking midday sun all day. And this is a huge issue for the entire body and especially the nervous system. And so because we obviously have been working in gyms for many years and the gym environment or in general is especially as technology has progressed over time has become more artificially blue and the non-native electromagnetic fields have increased exponentially with all the smart meters everywhere, smart TVs, uh, smart speakers, everything is Bluetooth, you know, and we've got everybody else's cell phones around us in the gym. Even if we are not carrying those devices on us, we're still exposed to the web or this, the soup of electromagnetic fields. So after that, we bought, invested in a pair of daytime blue light blocking glasses because we realized that, you know, we kind of blocked the blue light only in the night. So we started blocking it during the daytime as well with the yellow ones, which kind of mimics, you know, a little bit more softer orange light. And that made a huge difference to how we felt throughout the day. You know, we felt an ease in our nervous system. Our brain felt more relaxed. We didn't feel so fried at the end of our working day, even though our working day wasn't that long. We only worked a couple of hours here and there because as coaches, we are entrepreneurs. So we decide our own schedule. Sometimes we coached in the morning time. Sometimes we coached in the evening hours. But now that we know all of this, we never never coaching the evening hours because, you know, we, we acknowledge that we want to avoid artificial light as much as possible. We want to take our coaching outdoors as much as we can. And, you know, we want to live in alignment with nature. So that is the lowest hanging fruits that we aimed at at the beginning. But then we dove deeper into optimizing then our home environment, the lighting in our home to try and mimic what's happening in nature, you know, replacing our, our lights, what we're using after, after sunset hours, what are we doing if we wake up before sunrise? And all of this and also waking up with the sunrise and going as close to bed with the sunset as well. So that's that's a little bit about how we kind of go into this space. But how this has transformed my coaching is incredible because it's not only transformed our health, but it's transformed the health of my clients as well. Because now I pass on this information to my client as a prerequisite, as a foundation before we even discuss about nutrition, before we even discuss about exercise, I tell people, do you block the blue light at night? Do you turn your wifi up when you go to bed? You know, Are you, what's your working environment like in your office? Or if you work in an office, how is your home environment? So I'm a big believer in accumulative load. So if a person is spending the majority of their time in these toxic environments, they will most likely accumulate toxicity of a specific thing where it's with anything it can be mold toxicity chemical toxicity it can be you know blue light toxicity non-native EMF. and this all presents itself in symptoms of the body and it's just very important that we become aware of those symptoms and the very first signs before it goes too far and not even have to experience those symptoms if we don't have to so it has truly transformed the way that i approach fitness and exercise
0: a lot of veins we could touch on there, but you are you're unique. I've always wanted to talk about quantum biology with a person who specializes in exercise, because you you have this umbrella of quantum biology. You're connecting with nature, and then you realize everyone's disconnected from nature, and then you kind of it's it's weird. You, you're like your own mind seems like inverted compared to everybody else's because. Things will stand out to you that nobody really like bats an eye to. So, as an exercise guy, when you, when I think about the gems now, as you were describing it, okay, sympathetic overdrive, you're already stressing your body out with exercise, which is good in and of itself, fine. But before quantum biology, I just kind of saw like, oh, this is a setting, it's harmless. But now, <laughs> now we know about the lights, all these lights that are, stressful by themselves you know they peak your cortisol already you live under them all day then you go to the gym jack up your cortisol even more then you add the non-native emf everyone's phones smart meters the light is a non-native emf and airpods these are air tubes thankfully everyone's bluetooth headphones and yeah you said the dose makes like the dosage and the exposure time will you know that makes the damage right so when you okay. add all that up and you're doing it a lot you're working out regularly people see exercise as like a positive thing and it definitely is but the environment in which we do it in like oh my gosh it's it's wild to think about and when you said you block blue light first you do all that stuff first like that's the prerequisite that is very back, very much backwards to what a normal person would think. They think that stuff's the supplementary stuff, and mm-hmm. we're like, no, no, take care of light first. So mm-hmm. that sounds crazy initially, but as you walked us through, it's critical, right? So talk mm-hmm. to us like how these things, these um non-natural things in our environment, add to the the load in our bodies, right? We're already exercising, but it's just making it worse with all the other, you know, non-native EMFs around us. Talk to us. Take the listener from this sounds crazy to this makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So I like to look at the body like a bucket. So we have a certain amount of stress or load that we can take in our system and. We need to consider everything that we do in life. You know, what are the things that are impacting our system in a negative way? And, you know, anything that is not natural to us, to our biology that didn't exist more than 100 years ago or 200 or even 50 years ago, which is like insane to say. Especially now, when it comes to certain foods or chemicals, are going to be a stressor of the system. And the when we are loading that bucket and we are filling it more and more, it's so much easier for it to overflow. What happens when we go in? When we overflow the bucket, we actually go into burnout. You know, when people say they've had a burnout and they feel fried and they can't get out of bed they don't have motivation for life, they don't have energy, they literally feel like they can't lift their limbs to do any exercise. That's because their body has used all of their resources towards trying to heal and repair the body. It's constantly battling and fighting those environmental stressors that we are exposed to right now. And this is why we need to think about exercise as a last thing on the list, for the reason being that if you don't have the energy to exercise, like imagine placing even extra load on your system when you don't already have the energy there present to actually assist you in this journey. What's going to happen is you're going to feel totally trashed and you're going to be wondering, is this how exercise is, you know, supposed to make me feel? You get discouraged by exercise itself. You think it's the exercise, the problem. And then you just quit exercising because you think that that's what exercise does to you, that you exercise is not for you or running is not for you. You you probably hear so many people say, oh, exercise is not for me. You know, I don't feel so good when I'm running. Well, that's because you haven't optimized your internal environment by optimizing your external environment. And by external environment can be the food that we eat, because then that eventually becomes an internal environment as well. So, it's everything is a stressor. The type of light that we are exposed to, from the type of food we consume to the type of cleaning products we use in our homes, whether that is, a, you know, chemical products or natural products, the type of skin care and self care products we put on our body because the skin is one of the largest organs of the body, right? So, it's absorbing everything in the system. So, all of these, if we think about it, they're all adding on top of each other. And if our bucket overflows you know we're going to reach a burnout point and then we're going to feel totally trashed and then if we add stressful high intensity exercise because most individuals think that the harder the better when it comes to exercise which is also a wrong approach that is going to totally push us over into a sympathetic overdrive and it's going to be very hard then to come back to a parasympathetic state which is actually where healing detoxification and repair of the body actually occurs is when you're in a parasympathetic state. So imagine that even if you are trying to go into a parasympathetic state, but your environment or everything that you're doing or that you're not aware of is actually not allowing you to go there.
0: Yeah. So this is the current situation we're in. We're just surrounded by a lot of sympathetic stressors, right? And so as quantum biologists, followers, we all share this, these are uh, bucket of practices block blue light mm-hmm. night, see the sunrise, ground all these practices. Talk to us about how mm-hmm. these practices will uh, uplift the parasympathetic side of things and resolve uh-huh.
1: the parasympathetic so side. Of things. I get it. So basically, what happens is when we support our system, you know, from a circadian point of view, this is what we did ancestrally. You know, we lived always in alignment with nature. When we look at our, our ancestors who lived outside, who didn't live inside houses, who lived in, let's say, these teepees, they were constantly grounded to the ground. They were wearing barefoot shoes or they were wearing leather shoes made from skin of animals, which still allows the free electrons to enter or to go into the body so electrons always flow from a concentration of from a high concentration to a low concentration so that means if your body is low in electrons and the earth is higher in electrons than you are you are going to be able to collect electrons through your feet and once you have excess you will also be donating back to the ground so you will be discharging the body so you're not over stimulating the body either because there always has to be like this perfect balance this perfect ratio and when we live in alignment with nature when we are outside waking up with the sunrise we are programming we are setting the tone for the day we are telling our body what it needs to do in terms of hormone release and energy production and so this is going to set our circadian rhythm so that we are able to also fall asleep easier at night. So melatonin is actually a hormone of daylight. So we need daylight to be able to produce melatonin, which is our sleeping hormone, our repair hormone. And everything happens, you know, the healing and repair happens because of melatonin. And so if that is not working, then we start developing issues like, you know, tumor growth and and things that we don't actually want happening inside of the body because the body cannot simply get rid of, you know, mutated cells, cells that are going haywire from, you know, dying or uh, encountering stress throughout the day. And then, you know, the, the body's not doing what it's meant to do. So now we're accumulating many many zombie cells, many mutated cells in the body, we are not getting rid of dead cells. So we're accumulating a lot of trash inside the system. And what we are doing now, we are promoting the system to be able to still survive because the body just simply cares about survival. It doesn't care about anything else. So thriving is a bonus, but all it cares is about survival. So it's just constantly aiming to keep us alive and to keep us alive, it will simply replicate those mutated cells to keep us going, even though the program is not ideal. So by living with the laws of nature and being grounded all the time, we are discharging that excess electricity that we are accumulating from the environment. Now we're exposed to so many non-native electromagnetic fields from cell towers, phones, ev- anything electronic, which is giving off you know, dirty electricity, the wiring in the walls, anything like this. We need to go to the ground to discharge a little bit like a lightning rod. Like a lightning rod receives the lightning and it it puts it into the ground, except we are not, because we are not grounded, we are not getting rid of that excess accumulated electricity. So it's a little bit like drinking coffee. We're drinking coffee all the time. And Mm -hmm. so our our nervous system is constantly stimulated. And then when you add blue light, non-native blue light, On top of that, because blue light from the sun is actually a really good thing, right? It, it creates this alertness and it always comes with the, with the full spectrum. So it comes, you know, with the near infrared, the red light that comes with the UV. So you've got that perfect balance of the midday sun is giving you all of those other things. So it's coming complete as a, as a non-processed light. So we can consider, you know, artificial light as processed, like junk food, like junk light. And then we've got like the full spectrum, which is the, the real, organic light, you know, and that's also stressing our system, you know, when anything that is basically non-native or foreign to our body is actually going to be a a stressor. So this is going to be something that if we address, we are going to transform our life massively.
0: Yes. And let's, let's talk about that. So you've, you've been a coach for quite a bit, quite a long time. And you said, the moment you implemented this as your foundation for your clients and yourself, massive results occurred. Right, so I'm sure you have um, like a bank of experience for pre quantum biology coaching, how your clients did and okay. how they were, what problems they had, okay. and then post quantum biology and applying it with them. Mm-hmm. Can you describe like the differences in what you've seen, how it's transformed their lives, mm-hmm. and how? The results have been more, you know, beneficial. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, before we did get good results as well, it just was way harder to achieve. So what I noticed the, the one of the biggest things that I noticed with my clients is what that now everything that we're trying to achieve happens at a way faster rate. So we're able to build mm-hmm. muscle faster. We're able to lose fat faster which is amazing because so many individuals come to me because they want to lose weight, they want to get in shape, but they also want to thrive, right? And if we are Mm -hmm. having minimal body fat, but enough for the body to have like healthy hormone levels, we are really able to thrive because a fat-free body is not just for appearance. It's actually for function. This is actually essential, you know? And when we are incorporating these circadian biology principles we are actually aligning our body with the way that nature intended. So our body is starting to optimize the hormones and the hormones play a huge role in our, you know, in our outcomes, whether that is building muscle, losing weight, you know, controlling or reducing our stress levels, sleeping better at night. All of these things are having a knock-on effect to each other. So I, I just noticed that within myself, as I got more tanned, I actually got leaner, which is like, the craziest thing because who would have thought a tan means being leaner or being more shredded so i noticed the exact same thing with my clients every time summer came around and we did not consume excess carbohydrate rich foods so foods which are high in deuterium and we kept it more of a ketogenic style and then, then we had excess uv light we incorporated more cold exposure waking up with the sunrise you know being exposed to you know the red light of the sun get, getting red light therapy basically from the sun they were seeing incredible results, you know, and they were, fe- most importantly, they, they were feeling amazing, even though, let's say they didn't reach their end goal yet, they were able to feel good way quicker before they even got there. So they were actually enjoying the journey because they felt good. Whereas previously, they were suffering, you know, they had to stay extremely disciplined to be able to stay committed and consistent, because we're working almost against our biology if we're not addressing the environment, right? So we're, as we mentioned previously, you know, when your body is under more load, you are, your body doesn't actually want to do the hard things. It wants to avoid the hard things because your body's under already a lot of stress. But if you don't have so much stress in your life from all these things that people are unaware of, because people think of stress as something that, oh, I'm stressed, you know, mentally, mm-hmm. but physical stress and mental stress, the body can't tell the difference between the two. It's the same it's all about the accumulative load and once that load exceeds a certain point then you know you're gonna you're not gonna feel optimal so as soon as you incorporate circadian and quantum biology practices into your life you start to realize that i have more energy without doing anything and now i have energy to go for a walk i have energy to go for a run i'm i feel more motivated i have the desire to be healthier without trying to be healthy because the environment is supporting that.
0: Mhm. Right, I see a lot of if you want to change your body composition, change your you know, get those fitness results you're looking for, it it seems like man, you have to really dial down and be straight-edged, just mm-hmm. sacrifice anything pleasurable in your life just to get to that end goal. Mm-hmm. But it does seem quantum biology does give us a lot of leeway. That's I loosely use that word leeway, but it just facilitates that process of making everything easier. But of course, we still have to apply ourselves, right? Of course, of course. And, you know, yeah, it's it's awesome because you, know. you have like a unique sample size. Because on Andreas, like when I look at professional athletes and you know big leagues. They're playing in these stadiums with nineteen thousand people. Everyone has their phones out. Mm-hmm. It's at nine p m and a c l tears and meniscus tears all these things are pretty frequent now and I'm thinking, man, these guys are playing in a in a in an oven, man like yet they're mm-hmm. performing so well. How much better would they perform if they performed? If they put some red light in that stadium, if they <laughs> <laughs> if they like had a no phone policy, maybe like something to help with that, maybe played at two p m instead of nine, mm-hmm. it's just when you think of the implications for athletic performance in this exercise space, mm-hmm. there's so much room to improve yeah. and you've seen you've seen how this thing this paradigm applied to this area of exercise can improve it so imagine imagine a world where athletics is congruent with this you know i'm sure you've thought and chewed on this subject yes you know I have. applied worldwide so just talk to us about that those ruminations
1: so you know i thought that it's just so simple for people to actually uh, you know enjoy this type of sports in a way healthier way and for athletes to be healthy as well so they don't get injured the athlete topic is very deep, right? So it's not only tied to light or the non-native electromagnetic field because I have insights into this, into this industry and into the sports industry and the fitness in general. I know what they do with athletes and what they do is they overtrain them like crazy. And that is a huge issue because every single person that you see performing worldwide at the Olympic games or where they're doing some big sports on TV, if you see them on TV and they are getting paid, they are getting paid to train and they are not allowed to not train. So that means that the the coaches, they always force the athletes to train, even if they are sore, even if they are minorly injured, even if they are not feeling their best. So they are constantly over, you know, putting them in sympathetic overdrive all the time, by over-exercising, so thinking that it's going to yield in better results because they want their team, they want a good reputation for themselves, the coach. Not, they don't care about the athletes, right? And so then, of course, the athletes love it when they win. But then in the in the procedure, when they are preparing for that, no one is enjoying the process. Actually, everyone is hating the process. And not only that, but you have, the, you have all the gyms where they are training in. Usually, they're training super early in the morning, Four, five o'clock in the morning, you know, they're doing things that erasing the cortisol like crazy at wrong times of the day, destroying their uh, melatonin levels and destroying their circadian rhythms overall. Most people they are wondering, or athletes that are wondering why they can't sleep. So all of this, this accumulative load, even before they step on the big game, when they are actually going against somebody else, you know, especially when it has to do with contact sports, you're going to see huge. Injuries, even in non-contact sports, which is the most incredible things like, you know, tennis, golf, or anything that is non-contact, meaning that you're not going to be battling against somebody else's body. People are still getting injured. And the reason is because the body is so dehydrated on a cellular level. And this is because the mitochondria actually make mitochondrial water. And this water is actually what is hydrating, keeping our body hydrated without thinking even about drinking water but it's what we actually make internally and the body is only able to make that water when we are living with the the laws of nature but if we start to break those laws if we start to you know introduce midday sun In the in the morning and in the night, when it's not supposed to be there, it's not even a sun. It's an insult to the sun to call it the sun. But you know, it's called the blue light in the in the morning and in the nighttime. And also, we add the non-native electromagnetic fields, the radiation that comes from all the places, to the body. What happens is, it's like you know, we're becoming like a dried steak, as Dr. Jack Cruz says. That when you put steak in a microwave, it gets all like hard and leathery, right? And the reason is because you know, it's it's vibrating those molecules and it's generating heat inside. And that's literally what's happening to us all the time. And as I mentioned previously, it's about the accumulative load. So the more time you are spending in those environments, which athletes are doing, they are spending a lot of time trying to, you know, work out. Then they are going to these recovery facilities, which are also blue lit. You know, which uh, I mean, they should be, you know, knowing better, you know, the people who are having recovery facilities, they should be aiming to having full spectrum light as much as they can inside or mimicking the sunlight, you know, type of light indoors, they should be aiming to optimize all of this, if they actually want people to, to feel the best and the clients feel the best. So, So yeah, it's very, this topic goes extremely deep. And it's just so simple for people to fix this. All they need to do is to fix their home environment where they spend the majority of their time, fix their lighting in their home, make it more circadian and appropriate. Like what's happening with the sun outside? Okay, is the sun more blue now outside? I'm going to have more of a White, orangey light bulb on now. But when it's like going, you know, more to the afternoon time, now it's starting to become more orange. Then after sunset, it's going to become more red. So I should be having different types of lighting in my home where I'm mimicking the position of the sun and also the light of the sun as well to be able to stay as much in the rhythm of nature as possible. Because I understand most people cannot take their entire life outdoors. So it's important that we bring the outdoors inside. And so we try to mimic the outdoor environment, you know, open the windows of our house, allow allow the full spectrum light to come in. Even if the light is not hitting direct in the house, it's still washing out, you know, any of the artificial lighting that we have on in the house. And also, we don't maybe don't need to have lighting on at all if we open the windows as well. So so it's that simple. And, you know, they they don't need to have, you know, everything... Radiation, you know, blasting, you know, especially in the stadiums, they could have everything wired because there's absolutely no reason for it to be, you know, wireless these days. You know, you've got, you can just have a a simple wiring system and maybe you can have one system where it's, you know, giving out radiation instead of a billion different systems, you know, and causing this, this soup of uh, non-native electromagnetic fields, which is not only frying the athletes, but it's frying everybody in those, in those places.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can tell I hit a passion point right there. And <laughs> that's why I'm passionate about it, too, because I see the same thing. Like, so There, I can see the argument of, all right, if everything you guys are saying is directionally accurate, then why are these athletes performing so well, even despite what you're saying? And I think that's like a short-sighted argument because mm-hmm. if you split this thing into two time tracks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one, you go normal they have elite performance. Great. But if you split it the other way and apply everything we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. they're going to perform better. And that's, that is without a doubt. Mm -hmm. You introduce the parasympathetic elements, introduce Mm -hmm. red light, Mm -hmm. any amount of red light, because we're all so deficient in it. You do all that stuff. Their performance is going to improve even more. So I don't understand the validity of that argument. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, everything seems good even despite all the flaws we're pointing out. Mm -hmm. But there's more room to improve and it's not like it's a little bit. From what you've described, it's like an entire paradigm needs to be completely overturned. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that we're getting the athletic performances, the, the accomplishments that we're getting these days. Testament to the athletes despite the overtraining, despite the crazy environments that they're in. The human body is able to push and be resilient yeah. in despite of it. Mm-hmm. But there's way more room. I think the sky's the limit if mm-hmm. we start incorporating this stuff. And the implications of, of this to people's individual lives and to entire nations and industries, it all applies equally. And that speaks to the weight of the paradigm. That's why I love it so much. So passionate about it. And... It's always cool to connect with people who have their own unique specializations. Yours is exercise and athletics. And maybe perhaps I'll talk to a parent, a teacher who sees it in their schools. Dr. Cruz sees it in his patients in the hospitals. It's everywhere. And Buckminster Fuller said, if you want to change a paradigm, you got to burn it down. And that's that's what we got to do by changing... Mm -hmm. It, having these conversations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, love that spiel. Elver training, in addition to the blue light. <laughs> guys, blue light at night with 19,000 phones. It's mm-hmm. crazy. it's just mm-hmm. blows my mind. But, you know, one step at a time, one step at a time. So, rem-
1: remember that these people, also, the majority of the world right now, especially what has happened over these last couple of years as you have been very much aware we have all or many individuals have, have put things inside of their bodies which are potentially you know harmful to the system and previously this is like has an accumulative load on the body right so again another stressor on top of all the other stressors people are not seeing it in this way i would never put something inside of my body which i don't know what it has inside you know i would never drink some chlorine from a bottle that cleans the the kitchen, so why would I actually use that chlorine and let it contact my skin, which is going to go eventually into my bloodstream anyway? You know, so the thing is that we need to be very much aware of what we are doing, the cumulative load that we are placing on our body, because there are sometimes there are some certain things that once you push your body over the limit, it can lead to very detrimental, you know, results. And as you know, what you mentioned about how athletes are. You know, how come athletes are still performing so well, even though they're in these environments? Well, you know, they can perform so well, but do you consider that as performing well when an athlete is very easily prone to injury? Then that means that, you know, they're actually not performing well. Yeah, maybe they have a top speed, maybe they can jump high, they can do all of this stuff. But what if they are not feeling confident inside of their body? What if they are actually they know deeply inside that my body at any moment is going to snap, but I need to perform because I'm getting paid for this. And this is something that needs to be brought to the awareness, to the public, because the thing is that I feel I have a tremendous amount of respect for the athletes who are actually doing this, because I have actually worked with some athletes in Finland who are actually, you know, top football players. And they were telling me that, you know, I was telling them, why don't you take time off? They were saying to me, i can 't my coach is telling me I need to do, and you know they had like so many issues, and I was saying that you know okay, I tried to help them as much as I can with the mobility you know and the exercise side of things before I was aware of the of the uh, circadian biology and quantum quantum health, otherwise I would have uh, you know introduced that to them as well for sure, but I did help them massively you know just by working on things that they didn 't work on you know with their coaches, which is you know focusing more on you know, take self-care, you know, outside of the training, to trying to take care of yourself as much as you, you can and not and not just, you know, lay around and just expect that recovery happens when you just lay on the couch and scroll your phone and, and uh, watch movies. That's not how recovery happens. You know, the more proactive you are, the more things you do to assist your recovery process, the, the better you're going to be. But of course, recovery also takes time. So if you're training every single day, inevitably you will reach a point of uh of overtraining
0: have you ever uh, post quantum biology awakening has has any athlete come to you have you worked with people in an athletic performance context or is it just more... uh,
1: not yet not yet no yeah. no, no my, now i've uh, mainly drawn people who have like had health conditions people mm-hmm. who have is- had issues you know osteoarthritis or osteoporosis people who have had issues with their movement capabilities, and I've helped them address the circadian uh, biology and their nutrition by going, uh, you know, ancestrally appropriate diet, which is low in deuterium and mainly high, high fat and uh, high protein. And then we also added the exercise on top of that, and they've seen incredible results. And I love to work with people like that because, you know, for me to improve the quality of life of a person who wasn't able to live life, you know, to the fullest before, is so rewarding but i do enjoy working with athletes as well because it's kind of fun to see how much more can they actually improve from where they are right now
0: yeah no if if you're if you're a fitness practitioner it behooves you to implement this paradigm because Andre, andreas himself said it makes the whole process just easier i don't it's it's kind of mind blowing to me that a lot of um people who personal train or Our coaches in this space, Mm -hmm. they don't know what leptin is and they don't know (laughs) what light is. And I'm just like, whoa, that's a key first principle if you want to understand weight loss and all this stuff. But yeah, very such an applicable paradigm. I love it.
1: Let's talk about fat loss a little bit, uh, because yeah, I course. think this is this is uh, huge, right? And this is yeah. something that interests everybody, and this is also something very important for coaches to hear as well. So if you're a coach out there, you need to consider the lighting environment of your clients. You also need to consider the toxin load of the environment as well. And by toxin load is all the things that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, which is all your cleaning products, all the things that you are exposed to in your environment. Like anything, you know, even if you live in a city which is highly polluted and you have and you are also using toxic cleaning products, toxic cosmetics on your body, that's going to create like a toxic load inside of the body, right? The solution to pollution is dilution. That's what the body does. So when there is pollution inside of the body, the body dilutes that because it it doesn't want it to be dangerous to the body. So if it's got a lot of toxins, a lot of pollutants inside of the system, it's going to dilute it in the lymphatic system. So why do many individuals experience bloating or swelling, even if they think that they're healthy? Well, maybe they need to consider these things because that is actually going to make you lose a ton of weight without even losing fat, right? That's just the, that's just the fluid that you have accumulated because of your toxic load. And then when you add non-native electromagnetic fields on top of that from the Wi-Fi, cell phones, computers, everything like this, then your body's going to be in a high cortisol state. So we're never going to be in a parasympathetic state. So we're not going to be able to detoxify the body. So detoxification in general, if it's overloaded and then it's impaired, you're, even if your client does lose some fat and you're wondering why have they plateaued, why are they not losing more weight, even though they're doing their cardio, they've restricted their energy intake, they're exercising more, So they're doing all the things, which is raising cortisol more, by the way. And then, yeah, and then so we're not basically detoxifying the body. So detox is huge. I mean, I know that word is like really overused and it's been vilified because of all these detox supplements that exist out there. But the detox mechanism of the body, the body doesn't need assistance from exogenous substances to detoxify. What it needs is for you to allow the body to do what it's meant to do. So by living in alignment with nature, we are actually allowing the body to detoxify. We are allowing the lymphatic system to flow around the body effortlessly, gather, you know, toxins and dead cells and things that need to be excreted through our detoxification systems, which is sweating, breathing, you know, going to the bathroom, all of these ways, you know, that we can detoxify the body. So by simply assisting our system by changing our environment, the the toxin load, the lighting, all of this, we are going to see a massive amount of weight loss without exercising and without changing the nutrition. So let's add in there the good nutrition, which is going to be like non-processed foods, ideally, because there are many coaches who focus a lot on if it fits your macros, which is, you know, if it fits in the amount of energy that you're allowed in a day you can eat whatever you want and you're still going to lose weight yeah it does work to some extent but then you're overloading your body with things that then later on it has to get rid of and so then you're not seeing what's going to happen in the long term it maybe in the short term it works but then in the long term it's not going to work for for health because we're going to get other symptoms like skin issues you know joint pain brain fog or you know gut leaky gut issues and all of this
0: Yep, Andreas gave you guys four or five keys there that are if you if you're experiencing a client or yourself with weight loss plateau, fat loss plateau, there you go. There's some other avenues right off the bat that are completely overlooked and just not in the awareness of the the normal interventions we all take: uh, diet, exercise. Mm-hmm. There's other ways, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be difficult. So, love that you started that thread. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Andreas recently made a big move to Costa Rica. He lived in Cyprus, right? Initially? Oh, yeah. He initially lived in Cyprus. And then this has been a recent move to Costa Rica. This Mm -hmm. is the biggest. We talk about the little interventions you can do. Block blue light, see the sunrise, all the typical quantum biology practices all of us recommend. But this is the biggest one you could do is literally move. (laughs) into an entirely more supportive environment so talk to us about cyprus how that was like of course you made the best you could do with it but how has it been in costa rica how have you been feeling how has that optimize it optimize your health even further just talk to us about this transition you recently made
1: So the reason why I actually came here was because it's always been my dream to live in alignment with nature as much as possible. And it is possible to do that in Cyprus as well. It's just that here you can just see around you, everything is flourishing, right? So clearly the electromagnetism is supporting life here, the native electromagnetic fields of the ground. So everything is thriving. You have like fruits growing everywhere. So we have, of course, a lot of deuterium. Which we are not meant to consume because it's meant to be for the animals, but the electromagnetism here is incredible. So the Schumann resonance of the earth is stronger. The sea here is is amazing. The climate is beautiful. And the reason why I came here is because I want to be able to make it as easy as possible for myself to gain access to a natural environment. And to be able to be outdoors as much as possible. Because I am an I didn't realize I was an outdoor person <laughs> until I figured out that I have to do this stuff for my health. So now I simply just love the outdoors because, you know, it's just another good excuse to be outside and to enjoy the nature. And at the same time, I can get my movement in and, and connect with like-minded individuals. And and in Cyprus, you know, it's the summers are incredible. You know, the temperatures may reach up to 45 degrees Celsius, which is quite warm, quite hot. Whereas here, the maximum is around 30 degrees Celsius. So it's actually not as hot as Cyprus, but funnily enough, I actually get more tanned here than I do there, even though I do the same practices. So uh, it's really strange. I don't know what it has to do with. Maybe it has to do with the fact that I'm able to access a grounding environment now a little bit easier because I have the beach right across me, you know, 50 meters from me right here. So I go basically on the beach every single morning where, with the sunrise and I expose my eyes to the sun. And this has always been my dream to be able to walk to the beach for the sunrise and get grounded and live in alignment with the circadian rules and spend as much time outdoors as I can. So this is the reason why I made the move. And this environment is extremely supportive for life because if you just simply look around you, everything is thriving. You've got all these tropical fruits, animals, you know, things that you want to see and potentially don't want to see like snakes and crocodiles and all this all this kind of stuff so you can see that if life is supported that means that it's actually allowing you to thrive in this environment so if if life is overflowing and overgrowing that means that there is a a positive or rather negative electrons overflowing in the environment right so we're very electron rich in this environment so well, The further away we are from the equator, the more electron depleted the environment is. However, if we make the efforts to connect with the ground, you know, with the grass and with the sea, we can still gather electrons. It's just that whether even if I'm not in contact with the ground, I'm still getting so much benefit just from the electromagnetism in the environment.
0: Yeah, that's that's the ultimate dream right there. Full disclosure, you guys, I personally want to move to the Yucatan Peninsula within the next five to 10 years. Just that, get that stable light, light frequency, like stable light environment year round. I am from the Philippines, so I thrive in sun, tropical environments. Like, yeah, I don't think I'll do well in a northern, like Cyprus, maybe Finland, even. Mm -hmm. so you know i just wanted to get that from andreas because this is kind of my dream and i'm sure everyone who uh, has come across quantum biology has thought of yeah i should make a move to somewhere more well lit Mm -hmm. more uh, less non-native emf polluted and really change my life just by location because Mm -hmm. you put in all this effort in your home environment but you're in You're in Texas, and it's an urban city, so you're kind of capped a little bit right off the bat, but he just has all the access to to nature's power without all the static. So it's wonderful seeing someone live it in real time, and it's inspirational for everyone who wishes to follow suit.
1: You know, let's talk about people who actually can't move, you know, from their, yeah. from where they are currently living. Because I think that's super important, right? If you can't move, you're not doomed or screwed or something. You can just do the best that you can. And you, let's talk about people who are living in very Nordic countries. Because I used to live in Finland also. So when when I was in Finland, what I did was I just made sure that I optimized my home lighting as much as possible. Made it circadian appropriate as possible, changing throughout different times of the day, mimicking the sun there, the sunrise and the sunset, being outside as much as I could, being expo- embracing the cold, because cold is actually allowing us to make light stronger than the sun inside of us. So this is actually helping us to replace the, the sun in a cold environment. So this is why if we are living in a cold environment, it's super important to embrace cold exposure saunas are incredible we need to embrace red light therapy you know so we make sure we get that red light so we're trying to do everything that we can to mimic nature in a way and to be as close to nature as possible and to also take care of our diet because if pineapples mangoes and papayas are not growing in nordic countries you probably shouldn't be eating those but the reason being that if you look in your environment like in finland the only thing that really grows especially in the wintertime, or well, nothing really grows. But in the summertime, it's more like berries. And those are frozen and people eat them sometimes later on, right? So that's obviously not ideal. So you always want to go with the season and also with the location of where you're living in the world in terms of what you're actually consuming, because that is also giving your body information, not only from the light that we receive. and the intensity of the light but also what are we putting inside of our body the program that we are showing our system you know that's reconfirming to us is it winter is it summer is it autumn is it spring and so that you know because I don't believe only in, in circadian rhythms daily circadian rhythms but seasonal circadian rhythms and also like a year circadian rhythm that the body knows that what it needs to do at certain times of the year, how it needs to adjust your skin color, even you know, without even thinking about the sun, all just based on you know what other things are we doing? You know, are we mimicking, you know, nature and in the environment that we're living in?
0: Mm. One, yeah, you're not doomed if you are not in the equator. It's...
1: Yeah, you just have to do the best that you can. You know, block exactly. the they blocking the blue light is a non-negotiable i mean Mm -hmm. i can get away with being exposed to blue light because i have so much excess uv light in my environment and so much electromagnetism from the ground that i can discharge a lot of that and get away with it but i still don't want to do that to my body it's just my choice i want to be as optimal as possible but if you are living in in a country which is far away from the equator where it's colder and darker you have to block the blue light. You have to, you know, shield yourself from non-native electromagnetic fields because your body is not forgiving because you're already, your body is in more of a, you have less leeway in a way, you know? So you have to make sure that you're really taking care of those things because your body will show you symptoms of of uh, toxicity of those things way quicker than if you were here on the equator. Why is it so that you could eat fruits here on the equator and not eat fruits somewhere, you know, which is in a Nordic country and in a Nordic country, you would actually gain weight, but here you're less likely to gain weight, even though you eat the same thing. So yeah. that just show that just shows you that how important it is.
0: Yeah, no ge- geographical location, light water magnetism, they all play a role. This person loses weight easily. This one doesn't mm-hmm. such a big myriad, like a large myriad of factors that, is overlooked quite a bit and this umbrella we talk about captures a lot of it so one wonderfully said talk to us about another problem of indoor living is with indoor living there's a couch there's chairs computers so you don't move quite a bit With outdoor living that's just more natural you're going to want to move around right Mobility is one of your expertise. So talk to us about the importance of movement and how... I'm sure this was prior to quantum biology, but maybe put in a little bit of how quantum biology has improvised, evolved your understanding of this, its importance, its mm-hmm. function, etc.
1: Oh, I'll tell you one crazy thing about how the electromagnetic fields actually impact the body and and personal experience with this uh, when it comes to mobility. How I've noticed it for myself a lot is if I'm sitting down on a couch and I'm using my phone for for a period of time, editing my videos, doing my social media work, and then I was to spend the same amount of time, not on my phone, but reading a book, like a physical book, I would get way more stiff using the device even though it's the same posture, the same position, and the same amount of time. So that's super interesting, right? What's actually happening there? Clearly, something is happening on a cellular level, as we mentioned previously, about dehydration of the tissues, and maybe potentially even limiting blood flow and lymphatic system movement. And so, maybe it has also to do something with the eye movement as well because with a with a book our eyes are not necessarily fixated into one position and they are maybe blinking more often because eyes play a huge role in the in the stiffness of the body in mobility the the better your eye movement is the less stiff you are just by how your eyes move imagine so eyes are h- super huge. What you do with your eyes, you know, how you exercise your eyes every day, whether they are stuck in a certain position fixated or whether they are, you know, being engaged in the natural environment, you know, changing positions naturally and exposed to the, uh, to the natural light is going to determine our, you know, our quality of movement. And see, So you see already from that how quantum biology and circadian rhythms play a huge role in how the quality of movement, right? Because the circadian biology is playing a huge role on the eye health. And so if we're improving our eyes, Mm -hmm. we're improving our quality of movement without even talking about doing any mobility exercises. So you see, I always like to go from the lowest hanging fruits, address those things first. And then afterwards, we can implement the things that require a bit more action. And so then after we've thought about this and optimizing our environment for our eyes, then after we want to think, what is our sitting environment looking like? What can we do in our home so that we are not stagnant? Because when we sit in a certain position for a prolonged period of time, we reach stagnation. And when stagnation occurs, then there is no blood flow, no lymphatic system flow. So we start to get a bit more brain fog as well because the lymphatic system is not flushing the brain right so we're accumulating toxins inside the brain and when we are changing positions often so from standing to sitting that's allowing us to stay you know more fluid everything is moving around nicely the the lymphatic system can only move around the body with the assistance of blood flow and blood flow begins to slow down dramatically as soon as we sit so if we keep on changing those postures and those positions, we are allowing everything in the body to, to work better. And we only get stiff because we reached a stagnated point. So when we are reducing our blood flow, we are also reducing oxygen to the tissues. And when tissues are less oxygenated, they feel under threat. When What does the nervous system do when it feels under threat? It tightens us up. So as a protective response, the body is trying to tighten us up so to keep everything moving around the body efficiently and so we start to get tight on the, our hip flexors our lower back you know our shoulders on all the areas where movement is supposed to be going quite a lot so by simply taking care of our environment and not sitting so much maybe replacing our chairs with these Swiss balls, you know, the, you know, the Swiss ball that you do crunches on at the yeah. gym. You can use one of those to sit down because you're constantly moving all the time, wiggling around. This constant fidgeting action is an incredible way to keep the blood and the lymphatic system moving. Right now I'm standing as we're doing this podcast. So that means that as I get stiff by standing in one position, I'm forced to change another position. So I've made it easy for myself to be able to you know, keep my body in this constant state of flow. And so it's so important to make it easy for ourselves to be able to not get stiff in the first place, so that we don't need to do mobility exercises to try and improve our mobility. You know, when we are born, you look at children, they move really well, they are crawling on all fours, they sit in a deep squat, you know, their, their biomechanics are incredible, they look super nice and fluid. Somewhere along the line, when they go to school and they sit down for hours on end, staring straight forward under artificial blue lights, exposed to non-native EMS, now we're wondering how. where is the mobility lost? That's where it's lost because it's all about accumulative load and the thing that we do the most in our lives. So everything that you do the most every single day is going to have the biggest impact. So if you're exposed to the... Blue light the whole day, that's going to be the thing that you need to address first because that's having the biggest impact on your life. If you are sitting all day and you start moving more, you break your sitting pattern. So for every 40 minutes of sitting, you have five minutes of movement. If you have to be sitting down, that's going to transform your life. Just simple fixes like this, you know?
0: Yeah. I did not know that the eyes control, like the eye health, how you Mm -hmm. move it Mm -hmm. influences your mobility downstream—that's a very uh-huh. new fact for me. Fascinating, you know, like, yeah.
1: Let me tell you: when you, uh, we can do this right now. If you move your your eyes all the way to one direction, you feel that your nose wants to go that direction too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just noticed that your whole head moved. Now do it the other way, and then you now even your forehead moved a little bit. So that just shows you how intertwined the muscles are to the eye the eyes and how the nervous system because the, the body always follows where the head goes first and so if you in sports they even train people to, to train the eyes left and right you know you'll probably see athletes looking at different things while they're trying to catch a ball or something that's because they're trying to train their peripheral vision and peripheral vision is what we see around without actually directly looking at it and the further your peripheral vision is the more safe your nervous system feels. And so what that actually does, when your nervous system feels safe, you have increased mobility because your muscles now are more relaxed. When the nervous system feels safe, we have a more relaxed body overall. So it improves our performance and our mobility.
0: So they're training, they're honing their peripheral vision in the sense that they can register it without like the the lock on you know yeah so focus. they can
1: react quicker so they can turn so they can react quicker they can turn their body towards that direction where they pick up the information so the quicker you pick up the information the faster you can react because if you train your body in the, this is what's the difference between someone who can see a ball coming at them and someone who can't one of them is going to get hit on the face whereas the other one is going to dodge it so it's a, it's kind of like a huge thing, right? When it comes to sports performance, so you want to be able to pick up things in your environment as as quickly and as efficient as possible. Because then, where the eyes go, the body will follow that direction. Then the feet are traveling last, yeah. you know. Yeah. So the bo- the head is going first, then the torso, then the legs. So it's like one, two, three.
0: Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> Not heard it from this lens before. Thank you, thank you. That was unique. Yeah so one one thing I want to talk to you about is the lifestyle of entrepreneurship, to close it off because I'm sure as an entrepreneur, you have a vision for how you want your company to serve people, how you want it to grow mm-hmm. and I think I've been feeling this a lot in my life too, where I realize there's a cap to being an employee forty hours a week is already like occupied, and that forty hours in the modern world is probably. Sitting down. And so, you know, I feel like there's been a call on my heart. I didn't I never saw myself as an entrepreneur uh, before high school. But now four years being an employee, I've kind of realized, wow, I have no choice but to be an entrepreneur to gain the freedom that I want in the world. And you don't have to be like, you don't have to start anything. You can be an entrepreneur where you're supporting an entrepreneurial endeavor. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's another avenue of flexibility. But I feel like for a lot of people, exploring their passions in that creator of entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship of supporting can open up a lot for their health, obviously, their spiritual, mental health, and just open a lot of doors. Right. So talk to us about how you feel about that. How, if more people should move into, entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. this creatorship and move out of this like conveyor belt that we're all in and maybe perhaps close it off with how you want your coaching business to end up what do you see in it in 10 years Mm -hmm. how far you're willing to you're gonna take it yeah wrap it all up and put a bow tie on it cool
1: so first of all i just want to say this is not financial advice because of course (laughs) by going by going you know into entrepreneurship you are risking a lot, right? You are risking a lot of safety in a way that you know that you're getting a certain income every month. You know, you've always got your salary coming in. You can, you can calculate how much you're going to spend, that you're going to be able to pay your rent. When you go into entrepreneurship, because no one teaches you these things at school, right? So you're just on your own and you need to really nail... The marketing aspect so if you are considering going into entrepreneurship you have to really focus on learning marketing and how to put yourself out there and how to bring your message across to people that people can resonate with your message and so that you can impact people and that you're able to help as many individuals as possible throughout your journey and i think the entrepreneurship is incredible i mean i would never work for anyone ever again unless they have same values and that you know they have the same alignment in the in the mindset as me then i could potentially consider working with a brand or a company you know who has similar values who are rooted in you know taking care of your health the type of working hours what's the environment like all of I, these are all things that i would consider if i was to work for someone but since i am now working for myself as you can see right now you know this is the environment as we, what we are doing the podcast in this is the environment which I work in. So I de- can decide whether I want to be on the beach doing my coaching or I want to be here on my on my balcony. And so, you know, life is truly incredible. But there is, of course, a lot of un- uncertainty involved. And this is where you need to really work hard onto understanding marketing, even hire professionals who can help you with that, you know, to help you succeed in this. Because I believe that the... The difference between entrepreneurs who succeed and those who do not, it all comes down to marketing and how you bring your message across. And the more clear your message is, the more confident you are in what do you actually want to offer to the world. That is going to make all the difference in, you know, whether people are going to start wanting your services, whether that is a, is a product or a, or a, or a service, you know, online coaching or anything like this. So yeah. So that's a little bit about what I think about entrepreneurship, there are pros and cons, you know, there is more uncertainty, but there is more freedom of time, right? You can decide your working hours, you know, I I get to live life in alignment with nature, because I can decide when I'm working. Of course, I have to consider what time zones my clients are in for my coaching. So sometimes I do have to do afternoon coachings, but I'm always doing it outside, so I can be exposed to the Natural light, even though i 'm having to do things at times what i don 't desire to do, so the, another thing is that you have to get very organized when you are an entrepreneur, so you have to make a schedule for yourself, you have to decide okay to get stuff done, you know make lists for yourself, try and be as organized as you can, because there isn 't someone in top of you to tell you this is what you need to do today and so that 's a huge factor and something that I had to learn quite a lot at the beginning and. At the beginning, I remember like I found myself so overwhelmed thinking that there is so much to do, but I don't know what to start with first. So what I recommend is that people just write everything down, everything that you need to that you think that you need to do, even though it's not necessary. Just write it down and then go it through with the, with a the level or in a in a way that you're trying to address the most important things first or what you believe is the most important things and cross those off so that you start decreasing the amount of stress on your body because at the beginning everybody's gonna encounter stress when the things are more uncertain and our nervous system likes safety. So so I think those are the most important things to take away when it comes to entrepreneurship is is you know take care of your marketing, be try and be organized, know that it's not going to be like, you know, you're not going to become a millionaire overnight. You have to make a good business plan, try and offer value to the world, uh, not just try and just don't try and be so like salesy it's, unless you have a product. It's a completely different market, right? So it just depends what kind of a entrepreneur you're going to become and how I see my business going in the future. Well, currently, I'm trying to build a, a mobility workout library, which is not personal coaching. It's not one-on-one coaching. It's more so that it's going to be a library of all the stuff that you see me posting on YouTube and Instagram. And it's going to be detailed explanation on how to do those movements from the most beginner movements to the most advanced movements. And it's going to be so that you can connect those movements together to create flows and to create workouts with them, exercises to improve your stiffness, your flexibility, mobility, and also your strength. And the beautiful thing is about this is that people can do it anywhere. You don't need to have any equipment. So that means you don't have to be in a gym environment. You can, you do it on a beach. So you can, you know, serve your, you know, your circadian rhythms as well. However, of course, I have thought about this that I probably don't want to be coaching forever. You know, I do want to spend as less time as possible. So I am working on developing some products you know, in alignment with the quantum biology space. So, but of course, all of these things, they require time and a lot of uh, a lot of investment in time, a lot of investment, in you know, financial investment. So we have to, you know, give time for those things to flourish. I'm not in a rush with those because my main focus now is helping individuals transform their lives until I get to those other things, which I feel that they can assist their environment and make it easier for themselves. To live in alignment with nature, even if they don't have access or they can't be in access to nature.
0: Are those things uh, like gadgets or could you give us like a sneak peek or information products or
1: Yeah, it, a bit like something like that. So it's more like gadgets/ slash things that you could wear or towards the lighting side of things, something like this.
0: Nice, nice. yeah, so usually from what I've seen, entrepreneurship, it'll be a lot of one-on-one stuff mm-hmm. at first you build your word of mouth this client base where they have you know that testimony for you but inevitably you have to scale because your work's just going to spread and spread and spread mm-hmm. and so enjoy like enjoy andreas's abil- availability now while he's in this stage get him while you can but eventually yeah there's not enough time to do one-on-one for man every single person you're probably going to have to do it in a group setting eventually
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah and yeah no it's but i love one on ones man it's if i if i could i would like forever but the mm-hmm. more your audience grows you don't <laughs> multiply so mm-hmm. yeah the, it's the challenge right mm-hmm.
1: you know i think what i love about webinars is having like mm-hmm. people like yourself or people who are you know like doctors, experts on you know talking about different topics, a variety of different topics where people can join and they can learn a lot, you know harvest a lot of information from that. So I think building some you know tribe, some like minded tribe community online where people are have the same values and they also live want to live in alignment with nature is nice and connecting you know with experts of the field so they can teach myself and also my audience things that we don't know i think is the truly the best the best approach because then we can bring people that information almost like a library all in one space
0: yeah like you just did for uh, dr max right you gave yeah, a yeah. webinar for his group and mm-hmm. gave a talk on what was it again
1: Uh, We talked about circadian appropriate exercise, you know, the timing of exercise, you know, what's the best time to train in the day. We talked about different principles about, we talked about sitting actually, and how we can counteract that, like similar question, what we talked about here. And we talked about a variety of different things, but it was all around holistic movement practices. And what's the difference, you know, between doing regular, you know, gym training versus doing the type of movement that I'm doing and how, how the body works together as a as a system instead of working in isolated parts
0: right and fundamentally what you're doing i think the the safety as as safe as you can get with entrepreneurship is when you know you've provided so much value to your client that they're gonna say they're gonna say things about you they're gonna spread their word and that reciprocation is just a feedback loop to where it almost builds a safety net where you'll always have a pool of clients to work with because you've put in that much value to them. You've mm-hmm. put in that work and you genuinely enjoy serving them and helping them in their journey. And that's as that's the best safety net you're going to get. But the the stage before that, where you're trying to build that up, that is scary, especially mm-hmm. for employees. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what this is all about. Why you and I are in this space. You know, when you're, when the world seems so messy and backwards you find that gem you want to just give to everybody when every building is blue lit you have that avenue of hey we got something going on and you have that avenue of service and it's that opportunity is available to everybody Mm. if you're listening to this right now it's available to you it's just a so ubiquitous in its application and the more people we can spread, the more people in the tribe. Oh man, it's mm-hmm. the you know, drastic.
1: There are so many people right now who are unemployed, who are just sitting at home. They're not doing anything. They're just getting unemployment benefit from the from the government. You know, they're they're just surviving on that. And those are the type of people who should be taking action, actually, because for them, there's literally no excuse. Like, if you can, like. Now you know, make some good business plan. You can transform your life. You can be somewhere so much further than where you are right now. Because a lot of those individuals, they're just spending time indoors, you know, just laying on their couch doing nothing, and they just want to be, they want to be lazy. Not because they necessarily want to be lazy, but they just they don't have a vision. They don't know what they're supposed to be focusing on, and they just need somebody to, to give them that spark. So. The easiest way to gain a spark of inspiration is to spend time outdoors in nature. You know, go for walks, have a mindful moment by yourself. You know, and and you will actually come up with a brilliant idea that may solve a problem for millions of people. And that's the way that you become a successful entrepreneur when you figure out there is a specific issue that no one has an answer for, but you came up with the answer and you believe it's the right thing. And so I think many people would would benefit if they you know took their lives outdoors, especially the people who are unemployed.
0: Amen. Mic drop. (laughs) So, yeah, well said, well said. Yeah, this podcast was an interesting blend of topics. We talked about quantum biology, the crazy sympathetic environment we're in, athletes, their crazy situations, fat loss, movement, entrepreneurship. I figured I'd ask you about that because no one just all of a sudden becomes an entrepreneur. It's a journey. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know, in all that soup of discussion, that mixture, uh, is there any last word of advice or parting wisdom that you'd like to give to the audience today?
1: One of my favorite quotes I like to say is that movement is a biological necessity, whereas exercise is nice. So what does this actually mean? It means that To move every single day is a must, right? So movement means like to move our body in a way where we're not breaking down muscle. So activities such as walking, swimming, cycling, maybe a light jog, some, you know, gentle like mobility exercises, things like this, often throughout the day and every day is a biological necessity. Your body is craving that, it's asking you for that. If you can do those activities outdoors, even better because you're sir- supporting your circadian rhythms you're optimizing your hormones and you're going to be at a way better position in general to see better results if you're trying to achieve some physique goals or even you know cognitive goals as well you know you want to have a sharper sharper brain you want to be able to think more clearly so yeah if you can live in alignment with nature as much as you can move as often as you can and if you have the inspiration the energy and the time then you can invest in some exercise maybe three, four times per week. But remember you don't need to overdo it. You know, as long as you're moving enough, then exercise is a bonus. It's the icing on the cake.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for coming on, Andreas.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: All right, guys. What a what a unique mixture of topics for this episode. He's a very very unique and interesting person and a, I'll put his Instagram, his links in the show notes below. Catch him while he's available. One-on-one doesn't last forever. But yeah, if you want to just lose weight easily, more, you know, it doesn't have to be sacrificing your entire life. If you just want to improve your quality of life in general, I would, yeah, Andreas is a good way to go about that. So all right, you guys, this was a great episode of the podcast. I'll see you back next time on the Guiding Lighthouse podcast. Cheers.